This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is Undaunted Life, a man's podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Let's get into it. All right, guys, a little bit of a somber one today. Obviously, the name of the podcast is Foxhole Funeral, and there was a death uh, to a very, very special person in one of our foxholes this week, and that was the death of David Paul Arrington. So he is the father of a guy in our foxhole who we'll talk about here in just a second. But we attended his funeral, uh, and I'll get into the we part of it here in a little bit. And so this man died of COVID-19. Uh, he died and he left behind a wife, two children, grandkids. Um, and of course, as with any funeral, it was a very, very sad time. Um, you know, this is the first person that I know of kind of in a personal context that has died from COVID-19. Uh, obviously we've talked a lot about COVID-19 on this podcast about how it's, you know, not nearly as bad as our reaction, but obviously there, there are deaths. There are well over 300,000 deaths in the United States, uh, as of today. And one of them was uh, David Arrington. So, the funeral was, you know, a social distance funeral, mass required kind of a deal. Um, they had several overflow rooms just to kind of accommodate the social distancing that were going to be part of this. Um, but it was very typical of a funeral in a lot of ways, uh, very somber, um, you know, some words from a pastor. And then uh, David's daughter came up and had some words to say, and she gutted through that. But then it was the words of a guy from my foxhole, JC. And so if you go back to episode 104 of this podcast, you will know him as JC the Consistent. And if you want to know why I called him that, you can go back and listen for yourself, episode 104. But JC got up to do a eulogy for his father. And he even mentioned this from the outset of what he said. He said, they told him, you know, 300 to 600 words, make sure you write it out so you can, you know, get through it, but also so that we can make sure that you don't really go, go over time and bloviate and those types of things. But right from the outset, JC was like, yeah, I'm not... I'm not sticking to 300 to 600 words. So everybody buckle in, which I really appreciated. And so I was so proud of JC as he was making his way through his eulogy for his control, for his pace, for his tempo. Um, there were some times when he got choked up two times, specifically one time it was choked up out of anger at the virus COVID-19. He specifically said, I hate you COVID-19. Um, but he held it together through that. He told a amazing story about a nurse. And I, I guess I can go ahead and tell it cause y'all don't know, uh, where this all took place. But at a certain point, JC's father, Dave was not doing well. He, he frankly wasn't doing well from the moment he came down with symptoms of COVID-19, but they needed to transfer him to an ICU. And luckily they had an ICU bed for him, but they would not let JC or the rest of his family know where he was in the hospital, right? Because he couldn't visit him, like in that type of a thing. So JC and others were left outside the hospital, basically just lost for what they could do. And so all they could do was pray. And so that's what they did. They just prayed at the direction of the hospital. And, and I might get some of the details of the story wrong, but I think the general just is going to be the same. But they begged the staff, would you please just let us know what wing of the hospital 
our fathers on, just so we can pray in that direction even. And so what the nurse ended up doing is the nurse actually went into his father's room and waved to JC and the others that were there and to kind of basically indicate that, hey, this is where your father is. But then not that long thereafter, uh, he got a tremendous blessing. The nursing staff or, or, or one of the nurses came down to where he was outside and said, hey, do you want to go see your dad? And outside of normal protocol and outside of, you know, probably everything that they were supposed to do, which who actually gives a crap, they, they got JC in along with some family members. They, they took him up a back stairwell. They took him to a room where they got him in, in full PPE to where it would be safe for everybody else on that floor and in the hospital just in case they were infected, whatever the thing was. And then they took him in to go see his dad. And, and my understanding was is he was not able to speak, but he was, you know, he was awake. He, he knew who was in the room. He knew what was being said, even though there wasn't kind of that normal communication. And not long after that, he actually passed away. And so JC got to actually say goodbye to his father, technically, in person, whereas a lot of people during this pandemic, because of lockdowns and because of all kinds of certain things, they've had to say bye to their family members through a window or on FaceTime or, or Zoom or something like that. You know, just horrible, horrible gut-wrenching stuff. But JC makes it through his eulogy. He was very poignant. He, he, did, a, he did a fantastic job. And it reminded me, of something that Jordan Peterson talks about a lot. I can't remember if I've mentioned it on this podcast show or not, but he talks about how as a man, you should try to have the strength to, to generate the strength to where you can be the person that everybody depends on at your own father's funeral. Cause, cause when you think about that, even if your father's healthy or if your father's already gone, that's, that's a visceral feeling you get when you hear someone say that. Be the guy that everyone can depend on at your father's funeral. When you're just wanting to wail and, and just go nuts and, you know, scream at the world and all that, you can't because people need to depend on somebody. So why not make that person you? And that's what I witnessed with JC, the consistent. That's what I witnessed in the run up to his father's death. And I witnessed it firsthand at the funeral. This young man walked down the aisle with with strength and his sister was on one side of him and his mother was on the other side and you know JC is essentially dragging these women holding them and carrying them down the aisle using his strength he was he was the anchor point for that family and that was obviously a physical manifestation of that truth but even not physically even just figuratively he's been that for his family up until the death of his father Dave and thereafter. But there's something that I want to kind of talk about today, something that I noticed, because e even in all of the, the emotion and, and the negativity of, of what was going on in, in that type of a setting, when you're at a funeral for someone that died of a virus, I, I saw some things that I found that were very interesting. So again, this is JC the Consistent. This is a member of my foxhole. And after the service, you don't have kind of the normal receiving line for the guests and the family, they basically took the family and put them in the choir section of the stage. And everyone, uh, whenever they opened the casket, you could essentially walk by the family, but I mean, they were probably about 15 feet away or so. So you couldn't touch them, hug them, you know, kiss them, give them a handshake or any of that type of a thing. And the interesting thing about the funeral is who showed up. 
because J.C.'s foxhole showed up. There were 11 of us at, at my count that showed up from his foxhole. This is our Sunday night crew that reads books together, trains jujitsu, works out, you know, does life together. And it was brutal, man. Not being able to go and give him a hug and all that, just, you know, walking by and just patting my chest saying, brother, I love you. You know, that kind of a thing. He probably couldn't even hear me because we all had masks on. But before I really continue with my story and and with what's going on with the funeral, I want to kind of go back to episode 104 of this podcast, Your Foxhole. Because I talked a lot about what a foxhole is. And, And just to go through very, very briefly, I talked about how to identify a foxhole guy. And I gave you seven ways to help you identify who those guys are. One, a guy you see often. Two, a guy that is available. Three, a guy that you've watched make improvements in their life. Four, a guy that seems to always be striving. Five, a guy that quickly identifies mistakes he has made and moves to remedy them. Six, a guy that doesn't mind confronting you or others. And seven, a guy that voraciously loves their woman. JC checks all those boxes for me, but that's how you identify a foxhole guy. And then I also talked about what a foxhole guy isn't. And I gave you seven of those. A foxhole guy is not a pussy, a complainer, an excuse maker, a settler, an addict, a womanizer, or a bum. I even talked about how you could find foxhole guys. I get a lot of emails from people all over the world like, you know, how do I find foxhole guys? How do I develop it? And I just kind of threw out some examples, you know, it could be your family. It could be people at your church, which I I urged everybody to proceed with caution. More on that in a second. You know, your jujitsu academy, your gym, your social club at work. You know, there are other places to find those foxhole guys. Now, I even talked about how you can kick guys out of your foxhole, which I won't really go into here. But when you get your foxhole started... There, there are some things that you should do. And I talked about how you should meet weekly. You should actually do stuff together. You should go on an adventure at least once a year. Just basically do life together. You, you should be vulnerable with this group of people. You should never stop pushing one another. And there are others. But here's to kind of pick back up. Because that's the foxhole concept. That's what a lot of you guys have attached yourself to. And in later uh, podcast episodes after 104, I talked about 3 a.m. friends, right? Those guys that are, you know, you call them at 3 o'clock in the morning, you can already hear them putting on their boots and grabbing their keys because they're, you know, they're ready to head to to you because they know if you're calling at 3 a.m., it's something bad. But as I'm sitting there at the funeral, I'm kind of looking around because, you know, you're looking for people that you recognize or, you know, someone that you might need to say hi to or, or something like that, you know, just, you know, scanning the room. And there's one thing that I noticed, and it was who was there, but also who was not there. Because who was there, as I've already mentioned, was JC's Foxhole. This ragtag group of guys that gets together on Sunday nights, and we get a little rough and tumble play in, and we read books and kind of do all that stuff. But you know who wasn't there? His church family. Supposed family. Because this guy, JC and I, we were in a Sunday school at this particular church that we go to for a very long time together. And then, you know, I kind of split off into another Sunday school group. It wasn't like a a bad split. It was just, Hey, the group got a little big. And so some people went over here and some people stayed, JC stayed. And so he has been in this Sunday school group, right? It's a couple Sunday school group. Everyone's, you know, in their, you know, thirties and forties, you know, two, three, four, five kids, that type of a thing. There was one guy from his Sunday school that decided that it was worth their time and effort to drive from Oklahoma City to El Reno, about 50 minutes, 45, 50 minutes, depending on how fast you drive, to support JC at his father's funeral. One, 
out of a group of two dozen or more guys? One. None of the wives of those guys showed up to support JC's wife, who was basically like a daughter to Dave, treated as such basically from day one. None of them. One guy showed up. And this is the caution. There are fake friends out there. There are friends that are just friends whenever they see you in person. And then you have your, oh, how's everything going? Everything is great. Church friends. And that's apparently what this guy has. And I just could not believe what I was seeing when I was looking around and not seeing anybody else there. And this isn't to, you know, pat my group on the back and, oh, aren't we so good and all that. But I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that they wouldn't support this man. He has poured into their lives and they poured into his supposedly and he's helped teach that class and and done everything he could to support for years and none of them show up. The reason why I bring this up, the reason why I'm doing a whole episode essentially about this and it's not just to honor the life of David Arrington is because I want you to be careful. I want you to be aware that those guys at church that you think are your buddies, they might not be. Those are your 6 p.m. friends. If you call them before about 6, 7 p.m. every night, they'll probably be there to help you. They're probably not your 3 a.m. friends. And that's what I want to warn you about. Because a lot of us, especially especially if you grew up in the South or the Midwest where, you know, churches are just kind of like all over the place. There's more churches than there are Starbucks. You get this idea that the men that you see there, the men in your Sunday school, the men in your home group or whatever, that those, those guys are, those are your real dudes. If the, you know what hits the fan, those are the guys that are going to be there. Because I've always been suspicious of that. In being like, yeah, I don't really know if those guys would actually be there for me. Like. Those guys, I don't even know if they would donate sweat to me, much less blood. And I feel like that's what we saw at this funeral this last week. That this guy had a lot of folks in his life that are his friends for about an hour on a Sunday. But when he's really needed, when you're really needed in a situation, you're absent. So what do we have that's actionable from this? What's actionable from this? is I think you should test your friend groups. And you might do that in a number of ways, but there are ways to find out before tragedy strikes whether or not they're going to actually be there for you when you need them. Because for JC's sake, I'm ecstatic that he had this foxhole. Because he had 11 guys there, right? Which is essentially how many guys show up on a Sunday night. It's usually between you know 10 and 15 guys. He pretty much had the whole foxhole there for him. And the guys that couldn't make it because they were out of town or couldn't get off work or had COVID themselves or whatever the situation was, they all reached out to him. They all made a point to reach out to him, to say how much they love him and how much we're there for him. And if they need anything, that we were going to be there. So my encouragement to you guys is to look at the guys in your life and think, will they actually be there? And just go through some of the standards that I put for a foxhole that, that I mentioned earlier, just go back and listen to the earlier part of this podcast. Again, go listen to podcast 104 if you want a little bit of a deeper dive. 
Because if these guys don't check those boxes, I mean, they're probably not going to be there for you. And when times are really, really tough, when you lose a close family member, you lose your job, you lose your business, something dire, something kind of foundation cracking happens in your life, who's going to be there? Because for a lot of guys around the world, and certainly in the United States, the answer is no one. No one's going to be there. You will be completely alone. I talked about suicide uh, back around Thanksgiving. The suicidality in the United States for men is about four times that of women. Part of that is because of how we deal with relationships and how women easily get and maintain relationships going and men just don't. That we just kind of assume it'll be just like school, high school or college. We assume it'll be like the police academy or boot camp. And when you're in your 40s and 50s, you just don't have those things anymore. And how potentially damaging that can be. And so I'm going to implore you guys again, and I will continue to do so. This certainly won't be the last time to develop a foxhole, a real foxhole of guys that will be there at the drop of a hat when you ask. Guys that will be there before the hat drops without you having to ask. Guys that will make time in their busy schedules to drive on a Wednesday morning to support you at your father's funeral. Regardless of what their wife says, regardless of what the people at work say, regardless of how inconvenient it might be to them to do that. Develop those relationships because they're important and you never know when you're going to need them. Proverbs 18.24 says this, A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. J.C. Arrington has no blood brothers. He has one sibling and it's a sister. But on that day, in those pews, in that church, he had 11 brothers, all from one foxhole. So this episode is to serve as a memorial, but it's also to serve as a congratulations. Congratulations to J.C., for being such a strong role model, to to being an inspiration to so many, including me. But this podcast will serve forever as a memorial to the memory of David Paul Arrington, born October 8th, 1954, died December 23rd, 2020. Guys, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. We really do appreciate it. I'm going to skip the normal announcements today. You guys know what all that looks like, but I will let you know what the quick resilience boost is for today. It is a message from Jocko Willink. So there's a YouTube episode uh, that he released around uh, New Year's Eve. It's called We Have Not Been Defeated, Marching Into a New Year 2021. So he tells a story that he's told in other podcasts before. Uh, or that he's gone into another podcast, but then he kind of gives us some messages going into 2021. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Remember, keep cultivating manly resilience, keep forging spiritual, mental, and physical toughness, keep seeking the Lion of Judah. Right,